Open our eyes, Lord, that we might see. Open our ears that we might hear. Open our mind and our heart that we might understand, so that we will turn to you and live. Grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to each of you. The, uh, the words from Mother Teresa that Brendan uh, read for us have, uh, have been sitting with me for the past week. And last night as I was going to sleep, um, I was haunted a little bit because of those uh, last lines, all our words will be useless unless they come from within. Words which do not give the light of Christ increase the darkness. And uh, I went to bed a little heavy because I'm not convinced I have words this morning that aren't just going to increase the darkness. And I'm not 100% sure what to do with that. So I'm going to ask you um, to be silent with me for a moment. Jesus, help us. And Jesus, if I am supposed to preach this morning, would you help me? Amen. Last Tuesday, uh, I was supposed to meet someone for coffee. And for those of you who are guests or some who have checked in with me this week, I, I, uh, I, I do cry some. It, it's okay. Uh, I know some of you all have been worried about me. Um, uh, but it's just who I am. Um, I was supposed to have coffee with someone on Tuesday, and I stepped onto Market Street, and it was the, it was the first time I'd been on the street, I realized, since Saturday. And I really couldn't take it. That was the very place where I saw uh, a paramilitary group loaded to the hilt doing their drills. That's the same area where I, I saw people having to stand around Congregation Beth Israel because our Jewish friends were being targeted. It's a place where uh, Rabbi Tom talked about the, uh, some of the neo-Nazis going by, armed, saying Sig Heil in front of their worship space. It's a street where I saw and heard some most vile, wicked things being unleashed on our black brothers and sisters. 
It was a place where there was, for moments, like a vortex of violence, where there were people from all sides, excuse that word, <clears throat> where there were many different people. That was not intentional. Where there were many different people flinging hatred and violence at one another. On Sunday, as we gather, there was a litany that was written from the psalmist, and it was um, handed to us before Saturday happened. And I don't know if you caught the words, but there was that one line in there, and it took my breath away because it put language to the prayer that I think I had been carrying in my heart. And that line from Psalm 85 was, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. We've talked about how righteousness means many things, and one of the things it means in the Old Testament is justice. It means that what God says is right is being done in the world. And then there's peace. It's the word shalom. It's God's intentions that there be well-being, goodness for all. But righteousness and justice and peace have to kiss. Kiss is a sign of submission and surrender. Kiss is a sign of affection. Justice loves peace. And peace loves justice. They were made to go together. Like all the varying strings blending into a single symphony, justice and peace love one another, and either without the other is only a distortion. They have to kiss. So if you don't have justice, you don't have peace because they're not kissing. On August 11 and 12, we experienced out in the open the wickedness of white dominance. For those of us who have wanted to ignore it, we are forced to reckon with this sinful reality that infests us. I don't know if you've seen uh, floating around, I think I read it some weeks ago, the, the bit in the Daily Progress from 1912 about the founding or resurgence of the KKK in our city. There is something about the call of the gospel that absolutely demands that we surrender our power, not cling to it. We cannot follow Jesus and live out this narrative of power for ourselves. And you know what? One of the most simple, straightforward, Jesus immediate ways that we lay down our power is we ask for forgiveness. We say it again and again, as often as it needs to be said, and every time our wickedness comes up before us again, 
We look to our brothers and our sisters who have faced this evil for their entire life. We say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I haven't seen it. I'm sorry that I haven't stood beside you. I'm sorry that I haven't loved you. I'm sorry that I haven't obeyed my Jesus who said to love you. And if we don't have justice in these matters, we don't have peace. On Saturday, Rabbi Tom was telling us about how they had to have groups from the synagogue leave out the back door. They couldn't leave their synagogue from the front. But how around 3 o'clock they had some credible sense that there was at least talk and chatter among some of the nationalists about bombing the synagogue. If you happen to see the Vice News report and you hear the incendiary wicked things spewed about our Jewish friends and neighbors, it's crushing and it is vile. If we don't have justice, we don't have peace. And then as is so often the case, once the hatred begins, all kinds of minorities end up being targeted. Once again, our LGBTQ neighbors feel fear in their own homes, on their own streets. Together with us, they feel fear. And if we don't have justice, we don't have peace. The psalmist reminds us that righteousness, that justice and peace have to kiss. So we don't have justice, we don't have peace. But also if we don't have peace, we don't have justice. Peace or shalom, the word that we use in our rule of life, it's the end. It's the goodness and flourishing of all of God's beloved creatures. But it's not only the end, it's also the means. Peace is the destination, but it's also the road we walk to get there. This weekend, my mind kept returning to that scene, the Garden of Gethsemane, where the violent mob with hatred in their bones tracked down Jesus in that garden. The scripture says they were carrying clubs and swords. They intended to hang Jesus on a cross. They hated him. They were going to extinguish him. And Peter whips out his sword. Apparently he wasn't a very good aim. All he gets is an ear. He chops off an aggressor's ear. And Jesus said, stop. This is not the way. 
how could Jesus do this? He put his hand on the wounded man and he heals him. And in that bold, subversive act, Jesus said to those who would kill him, you have come here in the power of violence and hatred, but I have come as the healer. And Jesus said to those who would defend him, like Peter, you have come in the power of violence and retribution, but I have come as the healer. In Jesus, justice kisses peace. Ruby Sells, she's one of the 50 um, leaders you'll find spotlighted in this new Smithsonian um, African American Museum, the one you can never get tickets for. <laughs> and if any of you get any inside information on that, please let me know. Ruby said, it wasn't just that hate wasn't in our vocabulary. We also learned that while I can't control the world, I can control myself. And you are not going to coerce me into hating you. If we surrender the way of peace for the cause of justice, we end up with neither. If we sur surrender the way of Jesus in our pursuit of justice, we don't get justice. We only get a deluded self-righteousness that will push us further away from God's kingdom, further away from the possibility of the beloved community. In these moments, we are asked to repent, to confess our sinfulness, confess and repent the things in our own heart that keep away that beloved community. We're asked to regain that peculiar Christian witness, that strange, strange way of Jesus that I don't know how to enact. But our goal is redemption. Our goal is that Jesus Christ, crucified and risen, would once again be Lord of all. So on Saturday afternoon, I ended up um, uh, finding my way over to McIntyre Park. <clears throat> and there, downtown, before I went over there, I had met up with Uriah Fields. I don't know if you all know Uriah. On December 5th, 1955, Uriah was voted in as the secretary of the Montgomery Improvement Association. Uh, Dr. King was made the president, Uriah was made the recording secretary, and the uh, Montgomery bus boycott began. And uh, after the the governor called the state of emergency. Uriah and I were talking over by Freedom Park for a little bit. And then later I made my way over to McIntyre Park and there's a number of stories there that um, I won't talk about now. 
But there was one moment where several white nationalists and several other protesters found themselves pitted in this uh, screaming at one another. And all of a sudden, I look over, and uh, Uriah had stood about five feet away from them. And he was singing, and if you've heard, been around him much, he always sings. He was singing at the top of his lungs, God bless America. <laughs> and I just looked at Uriah, and I thought, well, he must know what he's doing. <laughs> he's been through this before. I never have. And so I just stood over by Uriah, and off-key, I started joining in, God bless America. We just stood there together, singing. I think that song was our joined prayer for God to help us, for God to heal us, for God to silence and squelch all of our evil, for God to close off our hatred. I think it was one way for us to ask God to help us and make us a beloved community. I think that was one way that we were asking for God to help justice and peace to kiss one another and to do it in us before it could happen anywhere else. Would you pray with me? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.